So US inflation, sticky is the word. What does that mean for the Fed? Does it put early 2024 rate cuts in jeopardy? Uh, well, you could say the same about UK wages as well. They're not growing as fast, but they are still pretty high. And a surprise in the Euro area zoo survey. It is so much higher, it almost looks like a misprint. And a quick look at yesterday's NAB business survey as well. Then tomorrow morning, first thing, the Fed meets and decides. We'll have a look at all of that. It's Wednesday, the 13th of December, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. So oil is really on the slide. WTI is down 3.6% this morning to around uh, 68.70 a barrel. We've also seen a 3.5% drop in Brent, which is close to 73 now, only a few dollars off its 52-week low. The US dollar is down 0.3% on the DXY. The Aussie dollar is also down, losing 0.1%, down to 65.6 US cents. The gains have come from the euro, which is up 0.3%. The Japanese yen, which is up 0.4%. And the Swiss franc, which is up a third of 1% this morning. US 10-year Treasury yields are down three basis points at 4.29%. They were down 10 uh, before the release of the CPI numbers, then they bounced back up again, uh, starting to fall a little. And UK 10-year gilts are down 11 basis points to 3.96% today. Those losses all happening at the beginning of Tuesday's trade. And Aussie 10 years, well, they finished yesterday at 4.32%, but they're down about seven basis points from that now. And US equities are up today. In fact, the S&P and NASDAQ close to all-time highs. The Dow has climbed half a percent, same for the S&P, and 0.7% for the Nasdaq. Whilst in Europe, we're seeing marginal falls. The FTSE 100 closed just about in the red. Same deal with the Euro Stocks 50 and the DAX. And JB Weir's Sally All joins me today. So not a big reaction to US CPI overnight. I mean, the headline rate has moved down year on year from 3.2% to 3.1%. The core rate is stuck at 4%. Month on month, it has ticked up a little to 0.3%. But it's, I mean, it's pretty close to what was expected. So, you know, I guess that's why we're not seeing big movements in response to it this morning. Yeah, I think that's right, Phil. So the numbers were broadly as expected on the core measure, a little bit, you know, a little bit higher on the headline measure. But, um, you know, wouldn't say those surprises are are too worrying to to markets. Um, You know, again, that dichotomy between goods and services. So core goods prices actually fell three-tenths of a percent in the month, um, whereas core good core services uh, rose half a percent um, in the month. And so, you know, that that's the bit that I guess central banks worry about is that stickiness in, in services inflation. And this measure that Powell has re- referred to in the past called the, the super core measure, which is really core services X housing effectively, um, that was up five tenths of a percent in the month, and it's now tracking, you know, a five point two percent three month annualized rate. So, again, just emphasising, you know, on some some of these measures, we are starting to see some stickiness. And I guess this is this is always the fear of central bankers that that sort of last mile of the journey in disinflation was going to be the the more tricky one. And so I think, you know, just ahead of the FOMC meeting. Um, we know that they're not going to do anything this week, but I think it just reaffirms that nor are they going to declare uh, victory on the whole inflation story. Well, no, uh, it is a question about what they do early next year, isn't it? So Jerome Powell said it would be premature to conclude that they, they've mm. achieved a sufficiently restrictive stance this time around. So does that change the expectations for cuts early next year? Have we seen any changes in pricing for that? Pretty, pretty marginal. So, so I think, you know, it was really the payrolls um, last Friday night that took some heat out of that story um, in the sense that, you know, it's going to be difficult for the Fed to justify rate cuts if you've got a labour market that is is still reflecting 
you know, effectively full employment. Um, so some of the heat did come out of that, but really, you know, there's there's 11 basis points of cuts priced by the end of the first quarter next year in the US, which was not really that far from where we settled post payroll. So it doesn't feel like the markets read too much one way into into these numbers. And I think ahead of the FOMC meeting tomorrow and and the dots that we're going to get, um, there's probably you know, a little bit of a reluctance to to do too much. Mm. Yeah, on rates. because we'll, we can wait till, until tomorrow to find out. Well, uh, Janet Yellen also talking today. She was talking at the uh, Wall Street Journal CEO Council Summit. She said, to me, a soft landing is when the economy continues to grow, the labour market remains strong and inflation comes down. She reckons that was what we're seeing. So she thinks the US economy is on the path to a soft landing, which would support those rate cuts, of course, wouldn't it? But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, I think the last... FOMC, where we got the dots, you know, they were forecasting 50 basis points of, of cuts in in 2024, um, and I think that's I don't think that's that's probably likely to change too much. And my sense would be that the median dot, you know, by the end of 2024, you know, will show that the Fed um, thinks it's it's going to be in a position to be cutting rates at some point next year. And it's you know for the market, it's really just a question of you know how much and and when that whole process starts and. So this is the interesting thing about the soft landing, which is that if you do get, you know, growth okay in a labour market that hangs in there, you know, by definition that limits um, the extent to which the Fed is going to be able to cut rates. And you're really, I think, talking in that context about a very modest easing cycle and one that is is really all about calibrating where the real interest rate, you know, should be in a world where growth is still pretty good and the labour market's still pretty close to full employment. Yeah, although oil isn't telling us that growth is pretty good, is it? I mean, it continued its downward slide. I mean, what is that telling us today? I mean, that's surely showing that there's this expectation that the global economy will continue to slow. I wonder whether it's thinking that's more China than anywhere else. Yeah, I think that the oil's looking interesting, you know, because clearly the market's not really taking OPEC at, at its word when it says, look, you know, we, we are going to cut supply in order to put a floor under oil prices. Um, doesn't really feel like the market's willing to believe that. And I think you're right. I think there probably is some repricing going on in oil, just thinking about the outlook for, for global growth next year and very much for the developed market economies. You know, we know it's one of slower growth as as those tightening cycles, you know, continue to exert their influence on overall economies and lower inflation and you know i guess um you know you take a step back from that doesn't really sound like a, an overly constructive um environment for oil demand and i think the other thing that you know might be worrying the market a little bit is we know that china built up very large inventories in oil through the year um and so you know it's unlikely that that, that source of demand continues into 2024 as well and i guess the question is well you know who who or what is going to replace um, that demand as we go forward? And I'm not sure the market has a, a convincing answer to that. So yeah, it's interesting because at, at these sorts of levels on Brent, you know, we're getting to levels that that are you know pretty close to the lows for the past 12 months. So it'd be interesting to see where the market goes from here. Well, we could well be there tomorrow, couldn't we? Have another day like today. Uh, so somewhere else that's looking a bit soft. The UK job numbers yesterday. We get their GDP mm. numbers today as well. So they showed slight softening in uh, in the in the wages. Uh, wage growth is down to 7.2%, including bonuses. 7.7% was expected, so it's a bit lower than expected. It was 8% last time. Um, but we've also seen a, a rise in the claimant count. 
so more people without jobs a fall in the tax office's count of payrolls they they saw 12,000 less jobs which means either less people working or more people dodging tax take your pick but uh, that that one number 7.2% even though it's down from 8% that is still pretty high wage growth that the bank of england will be wanting to see come down yeah, I think that's right. I mean, this is this is all um, a little bit difficult at the moment because the National Statistical Agency over in the UK is is sort of using a, a partial data set. So we've got to take all of this with a, a grain of salt. Um, and so unemployment rate sort of stuck at 4.2%, which is where it's been for the last five months. But the, the pay numbers were softer than expected. So, you know, private sector average earnings were, were down two-tenths of a percent. Um, and the, the three-month annualised rate is just a tick under 4%. So that's come down a fair bit. And I think the sort of numbers you're talking about are telling us that, um, you know, those measures of wages or pay are, are actually on track to undershoot the Bank of England's year-end forecasts, you know, by, by quite a significant margin. So, you know, does that really matter for the, you know, the Bank of England this week? Probably not. Um, you know, they're going to maintain a tightening bias and, and no real change to, to guidance. Um, but I think if we continue to see this weakness in some of these nominal indicators, then you know, potentially that opens the door for the, for the central bank in the UK to, to adopt a more neutral stance. So you know, let, let's wait and see what happens with, with these numbers, because like I said, um, some of the, the data sources are, are, are you know, I guess, not overly robust, but it does feel like you know, the labour market's softening a bit and, and that's being reflected in softer wages aggregates yeah i think part of it is people just don't want to do surveys anymore isn't it that's uh, which is, <laughs> it's a, surveyed out, it's yeah. a real problem isn't it for the statistical agencies if mm. that if that catches on around the world look what was a surprise uh, was the zoo economic survey for the euro area it was at 13.8 it was expected to fall a little bit to 11.2 but instead it's up to 23. 23. Mm. It's the highest since February. You know, remembering the middle of the year, it's down to minus 12. So 13.8 to 23. That's rather a big leap, isn't it? What's going on there? Yeah, so that, that, that was interesting. Um, you know, the, that survey, you can split into sort of two components, which is you know, a survey that reflects expectations for the future and then you know, the part of the survey that just reflects current conditions and how you feel about things right now. The current conditions measure you know, still remains sort of stuck at quite negative levels, so no real changes there. But it was really um, the survey of expectations that drove the increase in the headline index. So you know, perhaps saying that you know, firms in, in Germany are starting to feel a bit more optimistic about the outlook. And it's interesting because when we got the last batch of PMI numbers you know, ac- across the world, the European ones were you know, a touch better than people expected. So, uh, look, I don't know that we're at the point where you know, we want to put a stake in the ground and say that the worst is, is behind us um, you know, for Europe. But for an economy in a region that, that has basically stagnated in the back half of 2023, maybe there are some just some early signs that you know things are starting to look just a little bit better. So I think um, you know PMIs are a bit better. We've had this survey that's a bit better. So starting just to build you know a little a little batch of data that that perhaps. Um, you know, might reflect a little bit more optimism right. on the European outlook. So don't break open the champagne just yet. But if you are going to break out the champagne, you're, at least you're in the right place for it. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> the the NAB business survey yesterday, uh, a mm. bit of a slowdown, both for the outlook and activity. Was there anything of note in that report yesterday and anything that would be meaningful for the RBA next year? Because, I mean, we're, we're looking like we're going to have another weak quarter in Q4, aren't we? Yeah, I think that's probably the main takeaway from, from the NAB survey, which is, you know, as you said, the third quarter GDP numbers were 
you know, at least on a headline level, softer than expected. Um, and, you know, yesterday's NAB survey probably tells you that, you know, that softer tone continued through the fourth quarter. Um, business conditions, which have basically held up pretty well through the year, they were down four points um, and they're sitting pretty close to their long run averages. Business confidence, you know, remains in negative territory and that's well below its long run average. So there is, you know, I think quite an unusual gap between conditions, which is sort of, you know, how firms are feeling about what's going on um, at the moment and then their confidence. Um, and some of the leading indicators are a bit softer. So forward orders were down in the month. Um, capacity utilization was a touch lower as well. But on the other hand, you know, price indicators firmed up in November and the, the sort of measure of labor demand or employment, um, you know, that held in as well. So, you know, mixed, but, you know, I think that broad theme of, you know, the economy softening in the back half of 2023 is, is probably the right message to take away from yesterday's survey. And the mid-year economic and fiscal outlook, that's out today mm. from the government? Yeah, that, that is um, going to be released today. So that'll show um, a pretty significant upgrade to the expectations for um, the fiscal situation um, in the current financial year. So the government back in the budget in May said, you know, for 23-24, we think the deficit will come in around uh, $14 billion. Um, at the moment, so sort of five or six months into the financial year, they are already $9 billion ahead of where they thought they would be, which is a pretty significant uplift. And that's largely a consequence of elevated commodity prices, but also, you know, a labour market that's still pretty tight, which is is meaningful for income tax revenue. Um, and so what this will mean is that, you know, if you extrapolate out over the next six months, um, it'll mean that the government is likely to record a surplus for for this financial year. But again, they're, they're, they're being going to be pretty cautious about, um, interpolating that into uh, future financial years, and you know the the expectation is still that you know due to some of these structural drags in the budget that we will revert back to you know modest deficits um, from the twenty four twenty five fiscal year onwards. Well, we also get the uh, the Tankan uh, Manufacturing Index for Japan today, UK GDP, which I've already mentioned for October, plus uh, industrial production and manufacturing numbers for the UK as well. We get new Huan loans for China, US PPI for November, although that's perhaps somewhat overshadowed by the uh, the CPI numbers. And then, of course, tomorrow morning, the Fed decides. We've talked about that and, you know, how they're not going to do very much, but we do have a press conference. We get the projections as well. Uh, so a lot going on just before the podcast tomorrow morning. But uh, thanks for that, Sally. And we're going to talk to you again next next week actually the last one of the year you're on the weekend edition as people are going out doing their christmas shopping they can listen to sally old on the way uh, <laughs> talking about her economic forecast for 2024 uh, so look forward to that <laughs> we'll see you then sally all right awesome thank you phil get the family together it'll be a great bonding experience uh, that is it for today i'm back again tomorrow morning for another one i'm phil dobby for nab see you then